Babakama daf sadi hey. We're starting from six, seven lines down from the two dots where it said gazel gazel So let's just go over the case that the Mishnah spoke about. The case of the Mishnah was someone stole a pregnant cow that gave birth. So now the Mishnah said that you don't have to return the fetus intact. You don't have to return the baby cow. What's the reason you don't? Because there was a shinoi that occurred. There was a switch. It went from being a fetus to becoming a baby. And therefore, the gazel was kona bishinoi. He does not have to return the baby at this point. And Rashi learns he does have to pay for it. He does have to give back the cow intact because there's no shinoi to the cow. But the baby, he doesn't have to return. So what does he do? He just pays the value, the value of the fetus. How do you assess the value of the fetus? You see how much a pregnant cow is worth versus how much a non-pregnant cow is worth. And that's the value of the fetus. And again, that's all because there's a shinoi which occurs when the, when, the, when the baby cow is born. It goes from being a fetus to becoming a baby. So now the Gemara says, and the same thing with the Mishnah, just a, a little cl- more clarity, the Mishnah said the same thing with wool. If I steal uh, 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 a, a female cow that has um, a ewe or something like that, or Rachel that is loaded up with wool, and then I shear the wool, so it's a shinoi in the wool, so I'm cornered the wool, I only have to pay the value of the wool. So the animal itself I return, but I only have to pay the value of the wool. How do I assess value of the wool? I look at the cow's value when it has the wool, and the cow's wool when it doesn't, the value when it doesn't have the wool, and I pay that difference. So the Gemara says, Tanarabana, not everyone agrees to this. It says in a price, someone steals this ewe, and he shares it. He steals a cow, and it gives birth. According to Rameir, he disagrees with the whole Mishnah. You have to return everything. According to Rameir, it doesn't matter that the Shinoi occurred. You got to return everything. You got to return the baby cow. You got to return the shearings. We don't care that a Shinoi occurred. The Gemara will elaborate on his opinion. The stolen animal is returned the way it is. Just the stolen animal is returned the way it is, presumably because there's no Shinoi to the mother. But what about for the baby? For the baby, he doesn't say exactly, but that's what it seems to be implied, like our, similarly to our Mishnah, that you're going to pay for that. In other words, you only return the stolen item that's intact, the mother, but uh, for the shearings or for the baby, you don't have to return it. That's the simple Shan Rabbi Yehuda. You just pay the value. We view it like it was an article that, that was uh, appraised and is now with him according to the value it had at the time of the robbery. So that also seems to be like our Mishnah. Simple Shad is that for the shearings and for the baby, you acquire them. The Gazlan acquires them because it was a Shino and he's only going to pay like what is appraised at his value at the time that you stole. So the Gemara is going to be bothered that we're not really sure what the difference is between Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Shimon. They both probably agree that you return the mother, the mother of cow, and for the shearings and the baby you keep, and you return the value it had at the time you stole. So the Gemara will have to elaborate what the difference is between Rabbi Yudah and Rabbi Shimon, but just to get, we'll leave that for the moment, Mar will come back to that on Lamed Beis, but Rabbi Meir Shita is, even though there's this huge change that the baby is born and the shearings are sheared, the goslin still returns them. So the Gemara tries to understand who we inquire, my time into Rabbi Meir, what's the reason that you have to return the baby calf and the wool let is shorn? Is he have that, you know, the Gemara is never sure if someone holds that, right? So does, do we have the audacity to say Rabbi Meir holds that Ashino is not Kona, is that the shot? So that even though there's this big physical material change that happens, it goes from being a fetus to being a baby. It goes from being wool into shearings, you know, the very different thing. Is that the pshat? Shinoi is bimkoma omed. It stands in its place. It does not acquire for the gazlan. Is that the pshat? Shinoi kona. Really, Shinoi does change. Really, Shinoi does make a kinyan. Here, it is simply a kinyan. He agrees that midaraisa. The robber requires the calf and the shorn wool. But he says that Midrabana, they said, you have to return them so you don't profit from the robbery. So this is an idea that maybe, basically, Shinoi, Shinoi is not Kona, but only as a knas that is made on the Gazan. And the mind of Kamino, you're going to say, who cares? 
Why do I care that if Midaraisa the Shino is not going out, or it's only a Knas that the Shino is not going out? What's the practical difference? The difference is, where it was a physical change that it had that it deteriorated. In other words, the point that we're saying is, if it's a din, the physical change is not going to even Midaraisa, and even if it went down in value, the robber can just return the, 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 can just return the animal and say, hey, Here's the thing that it stole, that I stole, that I stole Harishal Khalifanacha. It doesn't matter. But if the Pshad is a Shina is Nakon and it's only a special penalty, a special penalty that you have to return the baby calf and the wool so that you don't profit. So that's only specifically um, in the case where it went up, but where in a case where it went down because of a change, then the robber does acquire the animal and he has to pay the owner the full value of the thing that he had. So in other words, the big difference is going to be what if a Shina made it go down? If Shiro is not Kona Midar Isa, so then, then, then it could work leniently also for the robber. He can return it and say, hey, this is what I stole. I don't care that it has less value now. But if Shino really is Kona, and it's just a new knas that's made that he shouldn't profit, so in a case where the, the Shino made it go down, he cannot, then, 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 he would, then the halacha would be, if Shino is Kona, that he's, he has to return the full value in cash it had at the time that he stole it. So which one is it? We know Rameir is saying, return the baby calf in the shearings. Is it Midar Isa or is it just a Knas? So Tashima, we attempt to resolve this from a Mishnah. It says if someone steals an animal and it goes, and it goes older in age, so it's like a Shinoi, it ages. That's a real Shinoi. And it also has less value. The older animal that it aged is less value. If someone steals a slave and they age, you have to pay their value at the time of the robbery, meaning Shinoi is Kona. Therefore, this, the robber now owns the older animal and he has to pay back the value that it had at the time of the robbery. Rabbi Meir Omer, Rabbi Meir weighs in, he says, if it's a case of a slave, he could just say, here what it is in front of you. So meaning, what's the idea? Why is he saying only by a slave? By an animal, he agrees. But by a slave, the halacha is, this is an interesting, uh, interesting point. Karka, before we get to a slave, just to hear the concept, karka, real estate, the halacha is ain't an exile. It's not really stolen. Because even when I, you know, I move into your land and I take your land, I didn't really move it. I just, I'm just occupying it. You know, it's not like something that I move and I steal. So the halacha is by karka. It's never an exile. It's never really stolen. Even when I do the wrong thing and I, and I push you out and I occupy it, it never can becomes acquired to me. And so when I just return it to you, it's just returned to you, whatever value it is. There's no, more, there's no idea of like paying in cash for the thing that I stole when I stole your land. So Rabbi Meir Shita, it seems to be, is that slaves are considered like karka. The Pasuk compares slaves to karka. So Rabbi Meir says by slaves as well, there's Allah, oh, I could just say, I give it back to you. Even though they age, I just return the slave as is. So it sounds like he, that's all, his only argument is by a slave. He agrees that the stolen animal that ages, so the Gazlan acquires it with that shinoi of it getting older, and then he cannot say, he has to pay the value at the time of the theft. If you Rameir holds that the change remains in its place, meaning that Shino is never Kona, so then I feel even in the case of the of the animal as well, the robber should be able to say, So what's the shot that by the animal Rameir is not disagreeing? He agrees the Shino was Kona, and by us, this that he says you have to return the shearings or the baby, is only because it appreciated Rameir is making a knas that he shouldn't profit. But as we see in a case where it goes down, where an animal ages, the mayor is going to agree that uh, the Shina was Kona, 
and the, the robber has to pay the full value that it had at the time of the theft. So the Gemara responds, Amri, no, it's not a proof. Rameir was just stating his objection, even in according to the Rabbanon's view. Meaning, he argues really on animals as well, but he was arguing on slaves as like a double argument. What he was saying is, according to me personally, my view is that Shino is never Kona, and therefore even the behemoth that gets older, he can just return it the way it is, even though it's, it went down. But even within your view, my colleagues, the Rabbanon, who hold that Shinoi does make a Kenyan, you should at least agree to me in the case of the slave, that where the slave aged, since he's like land, cans cannot be stolen, so then therefore, even if the stolen slave has this change that he gets older, the robber does not acquire him and should be able to return it as is. On that, the Rabbanon said back, we disagree, we old slaves are treated like a movable thing, which could be stolen, and therefore, if they age and they go this and they undergo this physical change, it is nicknames to the Gazlan, and therefore, he does have to pay their full value that they had at the time of the robbery. So we're saying, ultimately, no proof. Rameir maybe really was arguing on the case of animals as well. He was just stating his argument by slaves because it's like an argument within even the Rabbanon's view. Okay, so we didn't resolve the inquiry. Again, what's our inquiry? We know Rameir is saying you have to return the baby or the shearings. What's the chat? Isn't there a shinoi? So it could be shinoi is not kona, or it could be shinoi is kona, but it's just a knas that, that Rameir makes so that the gazan is not profiting. What's the nafkamina? If, it, if the shinoi made it go down. If shinoi bim koma omed, you could just return it. If shinoi is not bim koma omed, you have to pay the value it had at the time of the exile. So the Gemara says, Tashma, we have a proof in the Mishnah. Let's say you give wool, wool to a dyer. So we don't have this so much today, right? Today we buy clothing ready-made. But back in the day, you would buy the material, you would bring it to a dyer, and he would kind of like make it for you. So you bring the wool to the dyer, you say, make it red for me. Make it dye it red. The guy made a mistake, and he dyes it black. Or Shachar, you instruct him to do it red. So Shachar, you said dye it black, and he does it red. So Rameir Omer knows something He pays the owner the value of the wool. The original value of the wool before it was dyed, even though it's now it's worth more than that. It is worth more. So this guy is really essentially like a thief. That's essentially what he is. He's, doing, he's taking it and doing the wrong thing, not adhering to the instructions. And he's paying the value of the wool. So it's a mate tamro in the mate tamro shvachalo, and it sounds like see he keeps the wool because he was kona bishunai. This this guy who messed up the instructions, so he's keeping the, the value of the dyed wool in the wrong way, and he's just paying him back for the value that of the original wool. So he's only paying the value of the wool, but not the the value of the wool and the improvement. He does not have to pay that. So let's just give some numbers here. Raw wool is let's, let's say worth hundred dollars. The red wool is let's say hundred and twenty dollars, right? So the halacha would be that he only returns $100 and the $20 profit the Uman gets really from doing the wrong thing. It's an interesting thing. He gets it. So, so, so now says the If Rameir holds Shino is not Kona. So, so what does that mean? That means that when you steal something and a Shino occurs, it really is still the thing that you stole and still in its intact way. Then you have to return the value of the wool and the improvement. So basically what we're saying is you have to return the dyed wool itself, right? Because Shino would not be Kona. It must be in the case here of returning the baby and the shearings. It's just a Kanas that you have to return it. Now there's an obvious question here. Very good that it's a knas, but why don't you make the knas over there by the same thing? So the Gemara is going to ask this in a little bit, and the answer is going to be, we only impose the knas where you, where you stole intentionally. That case, or that guy, how did he steal? Yes, he stole, but how did he steal? He made a mistake. He made a mistake. That's what it is. He told me to, to dye black, and I dyed it red. So if you break down what happened, I stole his thing because I didn't adhere to the instructions, 100%, and the guy did the wrong thing, and that's why the Gemara's proof is good. But the knas is not going to be there. So that the Gemara is going to develop, it's going to get there to the Ahmed base. Even if we make a Knas of Shino and Kona, 
Um, but when we make a knas to return the baby in the shearings, that's only on someone who intentionally stole. This guy messed up by mistake and, and died it wrong. So if we all shino in a kona, we, the halacha should have been that we let him, we let him keep, the, the, keep the whole shearing. So if we're saying that he's paying the value of the wool, we see that really shino is kona. And that's what the Gemara says, concludes. Says the Gemara, other people say, hello, Ibailan. Actually, this question of whether Rameir or Gina is not really a question. Because Rav, remember that thing with the animals and the slaves that age? Rav reverses the opinions. He teaches the Mishnah in the opposite way. Someone stole an animal in the age of all the Miskino slaves and they got older. So he has the opinions flipped. According to Rameir, you're Kona them, and you pay the value they had at the time of the robbery. Meaning, Rameir holds Avadim are like movables. Flips the opinion. Rameir holds Avadim are like movables. So you're Kona them, and you only pay the, and you pay the value that they had at the time of the robbery. You can say, So that means that Rameir is clearly holding the Shino is Kona, because he's saying by both the animals and the slaves, in this view of Rav, that slaves are like movables, like Rameir. So then we clearly see, ah, here by the price that we're saying that you have to return the baby calf and the, and the shearing. So it must just be a knas that Rameir makes. So what is the question then? If it's so, if according to Rav's, Presentation of the Mishnah by the slaves, Rameir clearly is the one who holds Shina Kona. So then, what is the question that we have? If we have a question, this is our question. When Rameir makes a penalty, is it only when the person stole deliberately? Like a guy stole a cow that was pregnant, we know he's trying to do the wrong thing. There we make a knas to say he has to return the baby cow. Let's say someone inadvertently steals, which kind of the case that we had, right? Where someone is given the wool and he makes a mistake in the instruction. Eventually, the Gemara is going to resolve it from that case. So just be patient for that. So maybe the penalty that someone who, who, who steals shouldn't benefit from the theft is even if the theft was Bishogin. So first the Gemara tries to resolve it from a different case. And there are five creditors that can collect only from unsold properties. Meaning normally the halacha is when you lend someone money, there's a shibud. And then even if the person sold an asset, you can collect from the sold asset because you have a lien. But there are five cases where you, where you cannot collect from sold properties, only from unsold properties. These are them. Those who have a claim on the produce and the improvement of the produce. So what's the case over here? So the case over here is where someone bought stolen land. So basically Reuben owned land, Shimon stole it from him and sold it to Levi. So Levi is a buyer of stolen land. So what the halacha is that obviously victim, the victim, Reuven, can go and take back his land from Levi. He can sue Levi, right? You bought my stolen land, then you can take it back. But what if Levi made all sorts of um, improvements to the land, all sorts of improvements and fruits and so on and so on and so forth? So the seller here, it's interesting here that the 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 the, the seller, the, 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 I'm sorry, I shouldn't call him the seller. Reuven really has a right to take everything, right? It's his land. There's no question that it all belongs that it all that it that it all belongs to him. But the question is. What about what about all the, the value, the produce that that the value that the that the right that, that Levy put into it? So he wants to go and collect it uh, and collect it away from the Goslin. So that's good because he put in. So the issue is if the Goslin doesn't have free assets, only things that he had sold to other people, the halacha is Levi can't take them away from the buyers. He can only collect from unsold properties. And the reason is because the buyer, the other buyers, there's no way to know how much money that's going to be. It's like a lien, which is like undetermined. How much is it going to be when you bought this? How much? Well, it depends how much you put in and how many pro-payers grew and so on and so forth. So we don't like having liens that are undetermined in their value. So therefore, you cannot collect this, this guy, this buyer, you cannot collect from the pairs of shop pairs from sold properties. Another case, someone who accepts upon himself to, to support his son and daughter of his wife. So in other words, he's accepting before he even gets married. He says, I will support your kids. 
So there also, it's an undetermined amount of money because how much money is that going to be? It could go on for years and years, so on and so forth. So therefore, you cannot collect that lien is only on his unsold properties, not his sold properties. The get of the cries, so someone collects a debt document that doesn't have a guarantee. Stop. Someone made a loan and it didn't say that I guarantee it. It didn't say that there's a lien on the property. So if it doesn't say that there's a lien on the property, it cannot be collected from sold properties. Similarly, someone's collecting a woman's ksuba and there's no guarantee written in it. So in other words, normally in the ksuba, you say that I'm going to pay from anything that I have and I'm going to make a lien on my property as well. But if it doesn't say I'm making a lien, then the woman cannot collect from sold properties. So what do we see here? Who's the one who says that if you leave out the lien, it's not a mistake? Meaning, there is one opinion, there are abundant opinions, that even if you don't write a lien, let's say I make a ksuba, and I don't say that all my property is mashuvah. It's like a mistake. Like everyone agrees. Everyone, even if you didn't write it, it's as if it's written. Achrayis is viewed as just the tallest of the sofa. Even if it wasn't written, there's automatically Yeshiva. So who is the opinion here that says that Achrayis is not a mistake? And if you didn't write that there's a lien, lien then he can't collect, then the woman can't collect from the, from the other properties that were sold. Rameir. That's only Rameir Shita. You have to trust the Gemara for that. That, you have, that comes from, you know, Masachas Ksubas, that that's true. Rameir is the one who says Achrayis is not just an oversight of the scribe. It's like, really, if you forgot to write the lien, then it's not, there's no, there's no Shiva. There's no lien. You can't collect from sold properties. So obviously the bride says Rameir. We spoke about the first case that produce and improvement of produce only comes from the insult, unsold properties, but not a shibut. What's the case? That's the case, right? Reuben had a field, Shimon stole it, and he sold it to Levi. And Levi improved it. And now it's leaving his possession, meaning what happens is, is that Reuben comes and sues him in court and takes back the stuff. So Shukova, we're saying when the when the buyer now wants to be compensated for all of his losses, go So he collects the principal from Nechasim Mishubadim, meaning the properties that the robber sold him after he stole it. So the principal itself, he can collect from Nechasim Mishubadim because that's a finite amount. But the Shevach, all the improvements that he made, only from unsold properties. He cannot, he cannot collect, there's no lien on all the improvements that he made. So what's the pshat? What's just, we're speaking it out a little bit clearer. It must be that the case was the victim came, Reuven came, and he took back not only his original land, but he took back the original land and all of the improvements that the late Levi had made. So what do we see? Levi stole the land, right? That was the case. Levi stole the land and he makes all sorts of improvements on it and his fruits and this and I don't know, everything. And now when Reuven comes and collects, he's taking it all away. So the shaila is, why is he taking it all away? Why don't we say, why don't we say that he shouldn't be able? So, so let's just like speak, speak out the point. Why don't we say that there are many shinuyim that are made? Let's just understand. If I would go to your field and make all sorts of improvements, yes, it's true that you, you as the owner of the field might be entitled to them, but you have to pay me something. My expenses, you know, a certain value that I did, my time, something, right? Yes, it's true. I grew it on your land, but I improvement. Here it sounds like Reuben is just going and taking it all from Levi. He's just taking everything, and now Levi's trying to recoup all of his losses, and now we're trying to figure out, does he take him from free property or not? But if you think about it, if, 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 if we, we should really say that Reuven should have to compensate Levi a little bit, must be here, we're saying that it's not like that, it's because we're treating it like theft. We're treating it like an act of theft, where it's like a whole new knas, which is being made here on Levi for buying this stolen property. We're treating him, and we're making a knas. Everything he put in goes back to Reuven. 
And now that everything he made goes back to Rufin, we're trying to figure out how he's going to get his losses back from Shema. So my Lapam Aretz, we're talking about an unlearned person to lay other Kagnizas and Nigzals. He doesn't know any of the halacha here that technically, you know, the Karka is not Nigzal and everything he's doing is in the property of Rufin. Nonetheless, Rufin takes everything from the buyer, both the land and the improvements. He's not paying him anything at all. And the Achronim point out that the Gemara could even say a better point. It might not, he, know, might, he may not even be aware that it was stolen. Right. It don't have to be an Amaris that doesn't know whether... He could even say a simpler point. He might not even know that it's stolen. He's the biggest shogig in the world. Levi just buys a property from Shimon. He doesn't know that Shimon is a robber and stole it from Reuven. And yet, what are we saying? When Reuven comes to collect that field away from Levi, he takes everything, not only the land, but even the improvements, everything he takes it away. And now and, and, and now uh, Levi's at a total loss and he's trying to recover everything from Shimon and that's what the Mishnah was dealing with. So, we see from here that when someone steals based on inadvertence, we still say that we make the penalty. You cannot benefit at all. If I go to your land and I start planting, okay, you, you have to compensate me. You keep the fruit, but you have to compensate me for my time and my expenses. Interesting halach. Right? I don't think people are so like, well, if I go to backyard and I make fruit, then yes, the fruit belongs to you, but you have to compensate me. All my time, but that's not like this. In this case, that I went ahead and bought a stolen land that was yours and I start planting on it, then you just come and take everything because it must be that we make a knas. Says the Gemara Amri Lo Lo Could be that the case was that he know that he, he knew that he was buying a stolen land, and he was a Torah, he was a Tamachacham who knew exactly what the law was that land cannot be stolen, and therefore he was doing it still in his land, and that's why we make such a we make such a knas on Levi. But in a Hanami, maybe if he wasn't aware, then we would not have made such a knas. When Reuven comes to collect, he would have and maybe indeed had to uh, pay uh, Levi for some of his time and expenses. All right, so finally, the Gemara does bring a proof, which is what we, we saw this before. Tashma, let's bow, Adam, I give wool to the dyer. I instruct him to dye it red, and he dyes it black. Shachar, let's Adam, I instruct him to dye it black, and he dyes it red. Remeir, says, he pays the owner the value of the wool. He doesn't return the whole dyed wool. He just pays him for the original value of the wool. If we say that even when someone makes a mistake, we make, Remeir makes the knas, then this guy, even though he made a mistake when he didn't listen to the instructions, he wasn't trying to mess it up. He should still have to give back the, the, the wool with its improvement. When someone was doing shogun, we don't make it. So in conclusion, what is Rameer Shita? Now that finally the Gemara is finished. When someone steals a pregnant cow and it gives birth. So this guy now has the cow and the baby. Rameer said he's got to give back the baby as well. What's the shot? Wasn't there a shino to the baby? What's the answer? It's a new knas. It's a knas that Rameer makes on a goslin. Even though there was a shino, you have to return back in order that he shouldn't profit. If it would go down the shino, Rameer would agree that he can't return on say Rachel Holofanach. It's all outs knas. And the Gemara is further clarified that the knas is only when someone steals intentionally. When someone inadvertently steals, like the case of someone who didn't adhere the instructions, he's given the wool and he messes up the color, then what's the law? The law is there is no knas that is made. The, 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 the dyer is allowed to keep the improved wool and he just pays for the value of the wool that it was at the time that it was given to him. Okay, very good. Now the Gemara goes back to the other two opinions. What were the other two opinions? Again, someone's stealing a pregnant cow and it gives birth. The stolen animal is returned the way that it is. So what does that mean? The Pashup shot is the animal goes back as it is, but the robber is allowed to keep the calf. And we just look at it like we appraise the value and cash value that had at the time of the robbery. So the Mar says, My banana, what's the difference? Seemingly they're saying the same thing. What do we mean the same thing? They both hold Shinois Kona. So any shearings that come off or the calf that is born but stay go to the go to the robber, and the robber just has to pay the value 
of the cash value that the fetus slash the shearings had at the time that was stolen. And we do that by appraising. How much does an animal go down pre to post birth and uh, pre to post the shearings? So what are they arguing about? So Amr Avzvid B'Shevach Sha'al Gavi They're arguing about Shvach improvements when they are still attached to the stolen article. Meaning in the case here, there's really no difference between them. If it's sheared, if the shearings come off or the cow gives birth, there's no difference. Everybody's going to agree that you acquire the shearings or the calf, the cow. You're only paying for the value. You're right. In this case, there's not going to be a difference. The difference would be, let's say the improvements develop after the robbery, but they're still attached. So what would the case be? Let's say I steal a calf that was not pregnant and then it gets pregnant. Gets pregnant, so that's there. There is a shino here. There is a, a, a shino here. But now the question is: the question is, do when I want to return it while that shino is still a part of the thing that I stole? So let's just again clarify. I still this fetus comes in afterwards, so I have the shino, but it's in it. It's a little bit different than our case. In our case, I steal a pregnant cow, and the fetus then gives birth, and now I have a baby. So it's like running around separate. So there, everyone agrees, hey, there's a Shinoi, I don't have to return that baby, that, that fetus intact. But if it would be it's on... The, right, right, right. When I say everyone, yes, good. thank you for clarifying. I mean both Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Shimon. So every, both Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Shimon would agree, I don't have to return the baby cow. They're, they're just going to have to return the money, the, the value of a fetus. But what if the Shinoi is stuck on to the thing that I stole? Different case. Like, I got it, and it becomes pregnant by me, so now I want to return it. And the Shinoi that occurred is here, but it's stuck on to the item that I stole. Rabbi Yehuda Rabbi says, then it belongs to the one who was robbed. He holds that the uh, that even though Shino is Kona, which makes sense, but 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 we still say, says Rabbi Yehuda, <coughs> that anything which is attached uh, belongs to the one who was robbed. And it was when I'm returning it, and I'm returning the chayfets intact. Anything attached to it automatically goes back, and there's no halacha that the Gazan can just pay his way out of that. Reb Shimon suffered the Gazan. Reb Shimon says no, they belong to the robber. Reb Shimon disputes it. He says no, it's not true. You don't only keep the wool in the fetus after it's separated from the animal. Reb Shimon says you always assess the value of the fetus and the wool, even if they are attached when you're returning it to the thing that you stole. So that's the machloka. So in a case where it's born, we don't have any dispute. But there would be a dispute if a shinoi occurs to the thing you stole. But the, the shinoi is part of the thing that you stole. That's a very interesting case. Like in a case where I steal a non-pregnant animal and it becomes pregnant, let's say. So now I have a shinoi, but which is stuck on. It's, it's part of the thing that I stole. Reb Shimon has alumnus there, I'm sorry, Rabbi Yudah has alumnus that in that case it belongs to the, to the Nigzal. Rabbi Shimon says, no, even in that case, it belongs to the robber. Says the Gemara now, another way to understand the dispute. Everyone would agree that if it's an improvement that occurs and now it's still attached to the stolen article, it still belongs to the robber. Everybody would agree. Everybody would agree maybe that if the Shino is on it, it would go back. It would, um, everyone would agree that it does not go back. Everyone agrees that, it's on, that it goes to the Gazan. At the end of the day, I don't care that it's attached, it's still the Gazan. They're arguing about it. Does the robber take the entire improvement or only a half third or a quarter? So let's just speak out what's going on here. Everyone agrees we're saying that the Shino is Kona, even when it is still attached, right? Everyone agrees that fundamentally it's the Gazan. So that means the Gazan is going to benefit. Let's just understand why the Gazan is going to benefit. I steal a cow and it gets pregnant. So we're saying the Shino is Kona. So now that whole fetus thing is like mine, and I only have to pay the value. I only have to pay the cash value of the thing of the of the thing that I had the way it was stolen. That's it. I don't. Have, but the the, the 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 extra part, the shinoi part itself, I'm really being cornered, despite the fact that it's stuck on. So Rabbi Yudah says, "Great, it's all mine." Rabbi, 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 and Rabbi Yudah Savar Shavash Agavik Zeh Kulu the Gazan. It's all the robbers. Rabbi Shimon says, "No, 
we view it as a fascinating thing. It's like a business arrangement. Sometimes some, someone will give a cow to somebody else, his cow to somebody else to watch. And the way the business arrangement is, you'll take care of it. And if it gets pregnant and good, or it gets shears, or it, gets, it gets wool on it, anything that happens, we'll split the profits 50-50. Or maybe I'll give you a third of the profit. Or maybe I'll give you a quarter of the profit. Depends on the negotiation. But the point is that you comes back to me, but I pay you a certain amount for the fact that you made the appreciation. That's the way Reb Shimon looks at it. Reb Shimon looks at it that when I steal it and now the Shino happens and it's attached to it, I do have to return it to you, but I'm compensated on some level. Reb Yehuda holds, no. The, 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 the Goslin's Kone completely, he just returns the original thing that he stole, but all of the Shinoi is totally his. Whereas Rabbi Shimon says, no, we look at it as if there is an arrangement that existed between the Goslin and the Nigzal. So the Nigzal gets back the thing and he just pays the Goslin like it was a business arrangement, whether it's a half, you know, a third or a quarter. So now the Kumar says, well, let's figure out what our Mishnah said. Let's go back to our Mishnah. The Mishnah spoke Mamish about this case. Someone stole a cow and it became pregnant by him and then afterwards it gave birth. Someone stole a ewe, became laden with wool when it was by him and then he sheared it. So there we say the Gazan is Kona Vishinoi. He owns the fetus or the shearings and he only has to give the value of the cow that he had at the time that it gave birth. The Mishnah said that in a case where, again, I stole an animal that was not pregnant, it gets pregnant by me, and then it gives birth. So Yolda in, it sounds like only because it gave birth. If I steal a non-pregnant cow and then it gets pregnant by me and I'm returning it when it's pregnant, then what does the Mishnah imply? I have to return it the way it is. So wait a second. According to Rav Zud who says that, that, that if I steal something and it causes Shino occurs and then now it's still attached, then that halacha is that it goes back to the nigzal hamani rebuta. That would be very good. That's rebuta's lambdas. Since here the pregnancy is a shinoi, but it's attached to the thing. It's a pre- if the shear is a shinoi that it got pregnant, but it's attached to the animal I stole, so it always goes back to the nigzal. So very good. Hamani rebuta would be rebuta. Other rapapa damet He says that even according to rebuta, an improvement that's attached to the stolen article, the stolen thing, always goes to the gazlan. So hamani, who's the mission? The rebuta for Shimon. The mission implies you just return it as is. That's not like anybody. According to rebuta, it's all to the Gazlan, and according to Reb Shimon, yes, it would go back to the Nigzal, but the Nigzal has to pay him at least a half or a third or a quarter for this, as if there was a business arrangement that was done. The Mishnah implies that if I steal a cow and it gets pregnant, I just have to return it as is. That's the way the Mishnah. That's the, that's the way the Mishnah implies, because the Mishnah only says if it gives birth, that's different. The Mishnah implies that when it's attached, avada, there's no, there's no Shinoi Kona, so that's only good, like Rav Zvid's understanding of Rav Yehuda. So the Gemara says, Really, the same halacha would be true? Rav Papa is responding that even if, it, even if it didn't give birth, the halacha would be the same, meaning that the robber would only pay like the time of the robbery, and he would keep that unborn fetus, because that's a Shinoi, even though it's attached, he really owns it. The only reason the Mishnah spoke about a case where it gave birth, because since in the first part of the Mishnah, we spoke about a case where it gave birth, because the first part of the Mishnah, you stole a pregnant cow. So just for symmetry, the Seva spoke about where it gave birth as well, but really in the Seva, the Allah would be the same even if it didn't give birth. If you steal a non-pregnant cow and it gets pregnant and you return it before it gave birth, the Allah would be the same. That you really are the owner of the fetus. We bring a bride, it's like Rab Papa, his understanding of Rab Shimon. Rab Shimon says, we view it as if there was in a business arrangement between the Nigzal and the Gazlan, and then when it goes back to the Nigzal, he pays him a half, a third, or a quarter. So what are we coming out here? 
Let's just clarify. So in a case where someone steals a non-pregnant cow and it gets pregnant by the goslin, so the shinoi occurs, but it's attached to the thing that you stole. So we're coming out that it's an interesting dispute over here. And there's a, there's a machlokas, what the tanam hold? According to Rev Zvid, Rev Yehuda has a lumdus that in that case, that it goes back to the nixel and the shinoi can't be cornered because it's on the attached thing. Rav Papa says, no, everybody would agree that uh, that thing goes to the goslin. It's just that Rav Shimon's view is that the gaz, that, 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 that he, what he, the way it goes to the goslin is only in the sense that he returns it to the Nigzal, but the Nigzal gives to the Goslin a business arrangement of a half or third or a quarter. So what's the Mishalim Kishas Zagzela? So the Mishnah is going like Rabbi Yehuda. Right. The Mishnah is going like Rabbi Yehuda when it says Mishalim Kishas Zagzela. And we're saying that the Shino is, is, is Kona for the Goslin when it gets pregnant. And we're saying that it would really nothing to do with the fact that it gave birth, even if he would be returning it before it gave birth, the Allah would be the same. Once it gets pregnant, it's all Kona, it's Kona to the Goslin, and the Goslin just pays the value that the animal had at the time that he stole it. Well, but in like a Hanami, only like Rabbi Yehuda. You're right. According to Reb Shimon, he would return it the way that it is, and the Nigzal would just compensate him as if he had like a business deal with him, paying him like the half of the extra profit. Um, Rav Ashke, Vinabar Rav Kahani, by the way, we're learning the Shiva of Rav Kahana, we had a following Shiloh. The Rav Shimon, the Master of Yiddish, Shiva of Yiddish, Gaza, now that we learn in the improvement that happens and it's still attached to the thing that was stolen, the robber takes a half, a third, or a quarter. Kimis Alkinale, when you remove him, meaning when you're paying him off for these improvements, remember, you must be a frustrated victim when this happens, right? Your animal was stolen and then it got pregnant by the Gazan, and now when the Gazan's coming to return it, you actually have to pay him money. It's wild, right? He stole my animal and I have to pay him money. It makes sense because it went up by him. He took care of it, whatever. He made sure it made it properly. But the mice, I'm taking money out of my pocket as a victim and paying the gossip. Paying him, you know, for within that extra improvements that it had, I'm paying him half because that would be the normal rate in town for someone doing such a thing. So what says the Gemara, what's the Allah with the Mamus Do I remove him with cash or do I remove Brussels Shakal? Maybe he takes his share from the meat of the newborn calf itself, meaning he has a right to say, I have part of the calf. I can't even give him money. He has a right to say, I own part of the calf, half of the calf. So the Gemara says, we resolve from something that Shmuel said. When three people, when we assess the improvement they made to land, we're able to remove them with cash. So meaning we're going to basically just we'll see what these three cases are in a second. But the short answer is yes. We have the right to pay the Gazan off on cash. Even though he made the improvement, he doesn't have a right to say, I own half of the fetus. We just pay him off with cash. What are the three cases? The firstborn pays the cash to the regular son for his share in the improvements of the land. So what's the case? The case is, remember, everyone knows that Bukhar gets double. But what happens is before, before they divide it, before they divided, they, they both made improvements to the land. So now when they go to divide it and they're saying, hey, I have to compensate you accordingly, I don't take a double portion of the improvements because I only take a double portion of what the father left us. The improvements that we made to the land before we divided, I don't do that. So obviously I owe you a certain share over here. So we don't say that I have that. So in his double share, in his extra share, he pays off the regular son with cash. He doesn't, the, 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 the regular son doesn't have a right to say, I'm taking more in your land because of the improvements. No, the Bahar pays off the regular son with cash uh, for, for, the extra, for the extra value that, that came to his land. The same thing was to a creditor pays cash to the buyer of the debtor's property for improvements that the buyer made to the property. Meaning like, you know, like let's say I lend someone money, right? So there's a lien and then he sells it to somebody else and I'm collecting away from that somebody else because I have a lien on the property. But I have to pay him um, and, and, you know, for the improvements that he made to the land. The halacha is I can pay cash and take everything, the karka, the way that it is. So when a creditor pays cash to the orphans for, of, of, of his debtor for improvements that they made. Same, it's a very similar thing. I lend money to somebody and he dies and now I'm collecting the property away from orphans. 
which I could, because if it's a piece of real estate, there was a debt I didn't lean on, I could collect. What if orphans made, orphans made improvements to the land? So they're saying, you can only take the land, some of it, because we still have a schus in the karka for the amount that we improved. So what do I tell the Yisomim? I take the whole karka the way that it is, and I pay you off money for the value of the improvements that you made. So just like we see that over there, we'll say the same thing over here. The Nigzal does owe the Gazan. That's true that the Nigzal owes the Gazan, but, 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 but he, the way he pays him is with cash. The Gazan cannot claim, I have a right in the fetus itself to half of the meat. It's not like that. I can take the whole thing as is as the victim and, and, and just give him cash as if it was a business arrangement that I give him half of the value of the improvements.